0: What an amazing statement, amazing truth, amazing thought that he did that for us. We praise his name. If you take your Bibles and turn in the Old Testament this morning to Joshua chapter 1, it's on page 117 in the Bibles that you'll find in the backs of the chairs, in those pouches. If you don't have one right in front of you, if you don't have a Bible with you, please, somebody sitting near you will be happy to hand one down to you. So we're going to be looking at this passage for a little while this morning as I try to allow the rest of us who didn't have the opportunity to attend the senior high retreat. And when I was was a student, I had the opportunity to go on some of those retreats. I don't know if some of you did. I love that. I wish I could still do that. And I was somewhat, in the right way, I think, envious of what they were able to do last weekend up in Helen and i looked on facebook and saw some of the pictures and stuff like that and and it brought it took me back and it and it also made me want what to to receive what they were receiving from from the word of god so i decided since their topic their theme was the bravery that some of them would after that experience be brave enough to come up here and let us know some of the highlights that were very important to them in particular. So I asked the seniors. And Allie helped with the, uh, with the children's message. I asked the seniors. So seniors, if you guys would come up here, uh, Adrian, Victoria, and Sydney. Um, let's see. Let's get you guys in the center here. You can sit in any order. Somebody want a chair, stool, Okay, and everybody's got a got a mic, and now I'm not going to ask you to all speak at the same time or, or that kind of thing, but throughout the weekend, if I'm not mistaken, you guys heard various messages from God's Word concerning the bravery, all right? And, um, Sydney, I'll start with you. What was the most impact, and I know they, they were all good, and so by saying, picking one, you're not saying to the other teachers, oh, theirs wasn't any good, I'm not, I know you're not saying that, but one in particular grabbed you the most which which one of the messages or passages uh, really s- struck home to you the most okay so the one that stuck out to me the most was when mr bryan said that doing things on your own frustrates you and so one really cool thing about christ is that we're never too far away from him for his grace and first john four eighteen talks about how um in fear or sorry in um love there is no fear and because we're made in perfect love that we don't need to fear which is something that i've really found comfort in Praise God. Good job, Mr. Bryan. All right. Fantastic. And Victoria, you also um, have been thinking about me. What was the, I know it was all great, but what, was the, what gave you the, the biggest punch? Um, I really liked um, Carolyn's message about fear. And she talked about, she defined fear as um, when you focus on the smaller details or the, the impossible things rather than God's greater purpose or plan. And that really stuck with me. And she also talked about, like, fears, disobedience. And so that really, like, hit me. Fantastic. And that was, uh, that was uh, uh, Carolyn Douglas, who is a freshman in college this year. So just can you guys imagine yourselves coming back and helping in the in capacity like it? Pretty cool, huh? Mm-hmm. Praise God for that. All right. And, Adrian, what, uh, what, what message or passage really struck home most to you? So I have a little bit of a story, actually. Okay, so... While we were on the way, Mark told us that he forgot his guitar. And it's just a mistake, but he said that there wasn't going to be any worship. But me and my friend Brian, we always bring our ukuleles because we just like to make music. So we thought we would just sing some of our favorite songs during the worship time. And we realized as we were singing them that, you know, the songs we were singing kind of perfectly went with the messages that we were hearing. So I thought that was cool. And I thought that, you know, even though it seemed like a hindrance, it was actually a blessing. Absolutely. So you saw God take what what Mark thought was a mistake and oversight turned out to actually be a blessing. And God provided through you guys and your ukuleles to still provide um, great opportunities for worship. So another reason why we should be trusting him, even when things don't look like they're going great, he's got it right. And and we and we know uh, he can take us through. Well, I really appreciate you guys letting us know these things. And and I know there was a lot more. I know that every one of you would have had something like this to say as well. But we really appreciate you guys. And and as seniors, uh, we're praying for you as you guys get ready for some other great opportunities that will be coming your way. But thank you guys for coming this morning. If you wouldn't mind just putting your mics back on those stands. And um, I appreciate it. And let's, let's thank you guys. Thanks so much. Did I leave you hanging, Sydney? After the State of the Union, I do not want to leave anybody hanging. Sometimes I really would like to be young again. And then other times I'm really glad I'm not young again. And um, and I am so thankful that God has provided for us in, at Midway Community Church people that will teach and not only teach but live out God's word uh, for our our youngest children, from our school age children to our middle schoolers and our high schoolers. I'm just so grateful um, for the you know the ministry that God has given different ones of us. Um, to, to pour into uh, the lives of our younger people. And now all of us are going to think about this for a minute. All right, We couldn't experience what they experienced. We couldn't get all the messages that they got. But I want us to think about the, the theme that they were focusing on over, the, over last weekend because we need this. Um, we live in a tough, hard, scary world. And, it, and it's, it's not getting any easier. It's not getting any better. Although there are, there are some bright lights shining within it, every time a person comes to faith in Christ, and that's happening a lot all around the world, that, that's making things better for those individuals and for that community where that's happening. But overall, as we look around at, at, at what's going on around in the world and our own culture and society, it is bleak and it's tough and it's scary And we need the bravery. Joshua, a great Old Testament figure, actually one of the early types of Christ, the Old Testament is filled with these individuals who not only lived out their lives as God led them, but they were also, in doing so, types of what the Lord Jesus Christ was going to be like. And Joshua, by his own name, was a type of Christ. He had the same name as Jesus. Yeshua, the salvation of the Lord. And God had a special plan for him as Moses' assistant through all of the Exodus, as one of the spies who came back from spying out the land of Canaan and saying, hey, along with Caleb, let's do this. They're big, they're strong, they're tough, but we've got the Lord. We've got his His power. His calling, let's do this. The other 10 said, no, 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 we're not doing that. And so all the people melted with the fear. And as we know the story, all of that generation of people died in the desert over, over a 40-year period of time. And then it was time for Moses to die. And Moses, because of some disobedience in his own life, wasn't allowed to take the people into the land of promise. But Joshua, as again, a type of Christ, the salvation of the Lord, he was going to take his people into the promised land of rest. You know, they were, there, they were out there struggling. They'd been in slavery. Then they were struggling out in the desert. He was gonna bring his people into a land of rest. And is that not what Jesus Christ has done for us? Did he not bring his people into a land of rest where we can rest in him even in spite of all the things that are going on around us? And so, as Moses had died, Joshua was ready to take the people into the land. And verse 1 of Joshua chapter 1 says And after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert and from Lebanon to the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, and to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Joshua needed that. What he was being called on to do was not going to be easy. What Moses had been doing was not easy. Keeping the people together, and and as you read the story of the Exodus, that, that was a rough, rough time. They rebelled against God more often than they followed God. They rebelled against Moses more often than they followed Moses. It was a very, very difficult time. And Joshua's experience was going to be no different. And he was now responsible to take the place of the man who led the slaves out of Egypt, of the man who raised up his staff and the waters of the Red Sea parted, and he led them through those waters. He's going to take the place of the man who went up on Mount Sinai and received the law of the Lord and came back With such a glow on his face because of seeing the presence of God that the people couldn't even look at him. Because he was so bright. The man who had led them in battle, in two amazing battles, and how God delivered them through Moses' leadership. Joshua now was taking his place. What an opportunity! What a challenge. And remember, 10 of the spies who went into the land where they were about to go said, don't go. Don't go in there. And God said, go. And Joshua said, okay, here we go. And God gave Joshua a reminder of what he was going to need to get that job done as the leader of those people. And the reminder that he gave them is the same reminder that he gives all of us to be ready for whatever it is that he's leading us into. In some cases, we think we know. But most of us who have any experience know that when we think we know, we really didn't know. Because when we make our plans and we put our, our, our strategy together, a lot of times there's a lo- there are a lot of curveballs, there are a lot of side roads, there are a lot of different opportunities and challenges that come along that we weren't expecting. God's good about providing those kinds of opportunities. And you know why he's so good at it? Because he's so great at showing us, like he did the youth this weekend when Mark didn't have his guitar, that that wasn't going to stop him from worshiping him. God had a plan for them to worship. It just didn't include Mark's guitar. And instead of thwarting their plans, they were able to see that God on a side road, that, that God with a curveball could do something even better than what they had planned. And he gives Joshua in this in this brief passage. He gives Joshua some words that have also been given to us. Did you recognize that phrase that that transcends all of the testaments, the old and the new? That phrase that is that is as relevant for us as it was for Joshua, even though these particular particular, um, admonitions were given to Joshua for a specific job to do in a specific time, that one of the statements that he made, Jesus repeated with his disciples, and then the writer of the book of Hebrews repeats for all believers everywhere, where God says, you can be strong and courageous because I'm never going to leave you, and I'm not, Never going to forsake you. What did Jesus say at the end of that great commission? I will be with you to the end of the age. What did, what did the writer of the Hebrews say in chapter 13 when he, when he, when he was recognizing that some of the folks in that, in that group of people that he was writing to were, were having trouble um, with their finances? And he said, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Nobody else, nothing else can say that. But Almighty God, the very one that we were singing to this morning, that provides for us the air to breathe. And I hope that song is a great reminder to you of all that God provides for us but the very God who put this world together and positioned it in this universe in the exact right place, the exact right distance from the exact right star with the exact right size moon spinning around it with other planets and stars in the exact right positions to keep everything moving in the way that it's moving so that we're not exploding personally, or flying off into space. You know, it's all working together because God put it together. And that same God has said to us who have put our trust in Jesus Christ, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. So no matter what's going on, we have that promise. We are not alone. And not only are we not alone, the one who is with us is better than anything that we're going to be facing. Is bigger, is stronger, is smarter, and more able to take care of the circumstances and the situation than anything else that, or anyone else that we could be with or possess. Including money, including technology, including other company. I mean, there there are, there are a lot of great people to hang around. And I hope that you all have some great people to hang around. I hope all of us have somebody, whether it's a husband or wife or a, or a good friend or, or, or a group of good friends. And, and again, if you're not a part of an adult Bible study as a part of Midway Community Church, let me encourage you to do that because that's a means of... Getting to know some people so that you can have some friends like this that can be helpful to each other and be reminding each other of what we're doing and and who we're trusting in. But even with the great friends that we can have in Christ, none of those friends can provide for us and can do for us what God Almighty can do in the promises made to us that He'll never leave us and He'll never forsake us. He knew Joshua was going to need to remember that. First assignment get across the river. well, good, we'll just go across the bridge. Well, except for there's no bridge. And there's a couple of million of us that got to get across. The, the example that Moses set, raise the staff. Of course, this isn't a sea, this is a river. So it's not going to go like this, it's just going to go like this. And that's exactly what Joshua did. On the command of the Lord, caused the river to dam up long enough for them to cross over it into the land. Assignment one, accomplished. Amazing. Next assignment, take Jericho. First kingdom on the list. And remember, Whenever you're thinking about the conquest, it's very, very important to remember this. God wasn't doing this just to provide Israel a place to live. He was doing this because the time of judgment had come for all the inhabitants of the land. He was using Israel to execute that judgment. But those people had lived in rebellion against him for long enough, and it was his time to bring judgment to them. That's, that was all part of the waiting out there in the desert, and all part of the slavery time and all that. It was, it was God giving that, the people that possessed the promised land time to repent and to turn back to him, which they did not do. And so judgment time had come, and the first ones to be judged were going to be the people of Jericho. And do you remember the instructions that, that J- Joshua received to take the great kingdom, the great walled city of Jericho? Here he is now. This is his first campaign. And he tells his generals as he gets them together, here's the game plan. We're going to go march around the city. And then the second day, we're going to march around the city. Then the third day, we're going to go march around the city. These guys are starting to look at each other. Fourth day, we're going to go march around the city. Fifth day, we're going to march around that city. Now they're really thinking, okay, we need to call for reinforcements. Moses, where are you? Sixth day, we're marching around the city. Okay, now listen closely. We're changing plans for the seventh day, guys. Seventh day, we're marching around the city seven times, and we're going to blow our trumpets. Okay, you guys ready? What? What? And that's what they did. And you know the rest of the story. The walls fell down, and the people that didn't die in the walls falling down turned on themselves and killed each other. And there is Jericho. And that was the way, he wasn't going to do it the same exact way, but it was going to be God delivering the, the cities in every, part of that, in every part of that land to the children of Israel. That was the way he had it planned. And if, and if the people had followed Joshua like they did that first time, that's the way it would have gone at every turn. Of course, as we know from reading the book of Joshua, that's not the way it went. There was rebellion in the camp, just like there was out in the desert. Just like there always seemed to be with the children of Israel. And they didn't follow the instructions carefully. But Joshua continued on knowing that he had the presence of the Lord. And not only did he have the presence of the Lord, he had the word of God. Now, he didn't have the extensive word of God that we have now. But he had the word of God that was provided through Moses those first five books of the Old Testament. And he relied on that word as he was instructed. Even when his people, even when his generals, even when his soldiers didn't do exactly as he said, he still relied on the word of God and the presence of God in his life. So that by the time it was over, the conquest was complete, although it was never completely com- you know, done until even the, the, the lives and, and service of David and Solomon hundreds of years later, that Joshua was able, as he sent people to their own tribes, he was able to say to them, now, we have a new challenge. We've got the land, we've got the seas, we've got the place. Now we've got to decide what we're going to do with it. And he says, as for me and my house, at the end of his book, Joshua, he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will continue on trusting in the presence of God in our lives and his word as we do now the work of resting in this place that he's given us. We've been fighting, we've been warring, now we get to rest. Now we get to farm, now we get to do the things that we've been fighting for the things that we've been longing for, now we have those things. And he he was going to do them in the same power and the same strength and the same bravery that he did as he led the people into the land to, to, to conquer it. The presence of God and the word of God. And so I ask you this morning, do you have the presence of God in your life? There's a great promise. or It's, it's repeated numerous times throughout the, the scripture. But every time an individual, which is anyone just like us, every time an individual puts their trust in Jesus Christ, they immediately receive the presence of God. That promise that he makes, I will never leave you, I'll never forsake you. That begins that moment that we put our trust in Jesus Christ. That moment that we believe that Jesus is the one that God's word says he is. That he's the one that lived a perfect life. That he's the one who died on the cross so that he could take upon himself the punishment of all of us who sinned, which is all of us. He would take that upon himself and die for us. Take it upon himself The wages of sin, which Romans 6.23 says is death. He took that death, and then in his resurrection, he offered to everyone who believes in him that he did that. That he is who the word of God says he is, the only son of God. That he did that for you and for me. The moment we believe that for ourselves, we have the eternal presence of God, the Holy Spirit to live in us, and to give us the faith and the courage to do whatever we need to do. Do you have the presence of God this morning? Have you received Jesus Christ? The Apostle John said that most of the people around Jesus when he was living didn't receive him. But to those who received him, to those who believed on his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Have you received the Lord Jesus Christ. And in so doing, if you have, you also have the presence of God in your lives and you have everything that you need because of him to accomplish whatever he sets before you to do. Everything. You don't have to doubt. You don't have to wonder. Mark wasn't shaken when the guitar didn't show up. He didn't know it was going to be replaced with a couple of ukuleles. But he wasn't shaking. He just would to shift plan. He was going to shift gears. He knew God was going to provide. It was going to be fine. But he didn't know exactly how. And he didn't know what God was going to be teaching that, that team of senior hires and their leaders by, by providing those two ukuleles. He knew it, though, because he knew what God does. He knew that God provides in every way, every single time. And that's the way it is with all of our lives, all the time. So do you have his presence? You need his presence. I'm not going to encourage you to, to be brave in him if you don't possess him. And if he doesn't possess you. So start off in the right way, by receiving the Lord Jesus Christ. And then once you know you have his presence, do you have his word? Oh, I know you have his word. I know you have copies of it. I know you have multiple copies of it. I know you have access to all kinds of passage, or all kinds of copies of it on your phone or on your tablet or on your PC and all those things. I know that. But do you have the word of God? Have you done with it and are you doing with it what God told Joshua to do with it? Are you learning it? Are you thinking about it? Are you meditating on it? Are you sharing it? Are you devoted to it? Are you taking it seriously? And if you are, then you will find that you will remember the presence of the God much more often than you would without it. And then you will also understand that when the difficulties come, you'll know from experience, from the experience of many, many others throughout the scripture, you will know that God will provide a way for you as only he can. And you don't have to doubt him. And you won't be afraid because he's not doing it the same way that he did it before because you'll know from scripture that he never does it the same way twice. I mean, even the Red Sea and the Jordan, and the crossing of the Jordan—great examples. Same, same group of people, although many of them, you know, of that earlier generation had died in the desert. But these, these were the younger people that walked through the Red Sea, or had heard about the walking through the Red Sea. The water went up on both sides. Well, crossing the Jordan, it only went up on one side. It's a little different. Same God stopping it, same God doing it, but He's providing in His way. He only did the falling down of the, the walls one time with, in, in the in the conquest. He, he provided a different way every single time, and that's what he does in our lives. I remember one time when I was at the Fellowship of Christian Athletes and was just getting started in that ministry and um, was, was growing in it was, and, and was figuring things out as a, as a young man, and I remember that this one particular day that was a deadline, that all the the, the gifts that were coming in to provide for, for our area ministry had to be in by, by a certain time. And we were $1,000 short. And the way it worked is if you were short, then you, didn't get, you either didn't get all your paycheck or didn't get part of your paycheck. And we were $1,000 short, and I, didn't, I hadn't been keeping Sherry up to speed on this whole situation. And so I was nervous in numerous ways. Not just because I had bills to pay, but I didn't want to tell her. And then the secretary says, Dean, we just got a check for $1,000 from so-and-so that I knew. And as I was thanking the Lord for his provision, I was worrying, how are you going to do this next time, Lord? (laughs) I literally had those thoughts as I was praising God for his provision. Because I was thinking, that guy's not going to... That guy's not going to do that again. And he didn't. He didn't need to. Because God had other ways he was going to take care of it. He rarely does two things the same way. But he always does them. You find that out in the Word of God. You find that out as you commit yourselves to the Word of God. And so I encourage you. Some of you have already completely blown your Bible reading plans for 2020. I know that. No, you haven't. Because God just wants you in it. (coughs) Whether you've you've kept your plan or not, that's beside the point. Get in it. And if you were going to start January 1 and you haven't really gotten it going yet, start February, what is today? Start the 23rd or the 24th. Just start reading it. Look, look at Joshua chapter 1 this week, if you don't know where else to look. Look at these nine verses that we looked at this morning. Look at the, the Great Commission in Matthew um, 28. Look at those. Spend some time meditating on those things today, this week, and realize that you have the presence of God, and you have the Word of God. Therefore, you have everything that you need to walk with strength and with courage and the bravery for whatever it is that you face. We have everything that we need through the Lord Jesus Christ. His presence, his word. Therefore, his courage, his bravery to honor him through every opportunity of every day of every life that he's given us. Let's bow together for prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for the bravery. You called your son the lion of the tribe of Judah. Our youth, our senior higher, wearing these lion sweatshirts, reminding us, that we are fearless. And if we're not, we have every reason to be and we can become it by remembering your presence, which includes your power and your wisdom and your plan. And we have your word, which reminds us of who we are in you and how you've done it over and over and over again, although in different ways every time for all of your people all the time and that you won't stop now. You know what we're going through as individuals, as families. You know the things that scare us. The scary health things the scary virus that's going around this world. You know how we, how we fear financially. You know our fears in our, in our relationships in, in, with our kids, with our parents. You know all the things that scare us. And we lay all those things out to you right now. And as Joshua walked in your presence with a growing knowledge of your word, we pray that you would help us to do the same. And we thank you for the encouragement that our senior high youth have been to us through their retreat and through the things that they've learned and they're, they're putting into practice. And we pray that you'd help us to do the same. And Father, I pray for any who are here this morning who have not yet received your presence. Or they've been enjoying the benefits of all that you're doing in this world and the way you've been providing for them in every way. But they still haven't enjoyed your inner dwelling presence. And we pray that you'd help them to have the courage and the faith to receive Jesus today, to believe in Jesus today and become your children. Father, help us to walk in your presence with a growing knowledge of your word that we might live in this world for your glory and bear fruit that will last forever. Even as Joshua did with his life, help us to do with ours. In Jesus' name, Yeshua, the salvation of the Lord. Amen.